Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to another edition of the OTPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, it's Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And taking a break from relishing in his Daniel Jones shrine, it is your coach. It is my coach. It is the coach. Coach Duffy. It's difficult to copy perfection. Ah. It, it is. It is. We hear it all the time. I mean, you can't take nothing away from the Messiah who's leading the Giants now to the playoffs. I mean, 2-0. What more can you say? What more? Well, we can say a lot. Any more. other rookie quarterback come in after an zero two start to lead a team to two straight victories? Tom Brady, <laughs> maybe. I don't hey, know. What's that? What's that guy compared to Daniel Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we have a lot to discuss in the land of sports, so definitely join in that conversation on social media with the hashtag #ODPH. You can find our social media links on OchoDuroParleyHour.com, along with the blogs, along with the links to the music you hear on the show. So, so much more. But right now, we have to jump into the NFL, the week that was, and our locks and leaps. Pad, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Well, I'm going to start with my lock. I took the uh, Los Angeles Rams to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I'm looking at this going, Tampa Bay, you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Los Angeles was favored by 10. Coming off a loss against yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. A well, game they should have won. Game they should have won. A game they should have won by at least two scores. Uh, no, however, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the game by a final score of fifty-five to forty. Playing Madden, yeah, on easy mode. Yeah, this uh, was a cheat code game. Jameis Winston, twenty-eight of forty-one for three hundred and eighty-five yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Jared Goff, forty-five of sixty-eight for five hundred and seventeen yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Coach, your thoughts? Um, well, I, I mean, besides that stat, the most telling stat to me is. 11 carries, 28 rushing yards, uh-huh. which was the Rams' rushing total. Yeah. Gurley alone, five carries for 16 yards. Two touchdowns also. Yeah, yeah. which was nice for my fantasy team, yeah. but not nice for you know yeah. the yards st- yardage standpoint. I mean, yeah. the Rams are a team, and McAvey has said this enough, that they are predicated on building the play-action pass. Yeah. And if you can't run the ball, you can't run play-action, and that kind of eliminates a phase of their offense. You know, I, I obviously I, I like the Rams. I still think yeah. that they're going to bounce back. I yeah. just this is we said this going into the in our preseason show. The Rams defense obviously was going to take a step back by the players that they lost. I mean, obviously they still have Donald, mm-hmm. who is you know the premier defensive player, but losing Sue and the secondary that they lost coming into this year was obviously going to be an issue. And you know, Jameis Winston went in, light lit him up. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't even the crazy part. wasn't even it was Evans who got all the uh, receiving yards. It was Godwin. Yeah, mm-hmm. Godwin out of nowhere. Emer- he's emerging. He was always predicted to be the fantasy sleeper yeah. for drafts, and he's definitely earning his stock now. Yeah, I mean, he had a great game. And for Tampa, they have to look at this as a huge win, not just as a win against the Rams, but going out west, hostile environment for them, and really just matching blow for blow with them and coming out with the last you know shots. Well, the biggest thing too is, I mean, when you come off of a really bad loss like that was against the Giants, you know, yeah. with going against a rookie quarterback and, you know, the final drive when your kicker, you know, misses a field goal wide right, you know, you come into this week, that hangover might still be there. And then you go, then you're traveling, you know, and you're going out west and you're playing Los Angeles in the Coliseum, which, you know, isn't necessarily the, 
you know, home field advantage, but it's still, you know, an away game. And you go in and you hang 55 on the defending NFC champions. Yeah, which is not – I don't remember, remember any team doing that to them last year. Yeah, no, not for sure. No. I mean, I can't remember somebody putting 50 on a team besides the Patriots in a long time. Yeah. yeah. So to see Tampa step up and do that really showed that maybe the Arians – team is really stepping up and following their leader there it could be i mean but it's like coach said you know the rams offense is predicated on the the play action pass and f- to get the play action pass as anyone who's ever played madden will tell you you need a good running game and we mentioned Ty early stats but i think the telling thing with that is average 3.2 yards per game i mean i realize i'm no offensive minded genius but averaging 3.2 yards a carry is not going to set up your play action pass real well no definitely not no, I'm, so. and you have to but you have to respect Gurley. but yeah. when you're not when you're not using utilizing them in the early only getting five carries now i mean we didn't get to see the full game of this so i mean maybe there was something that we you know maybe they were in third and long or first in long situations often sure, they didn't want sure. to run the ball necessarily but i mean you gotta get he has to get more than five touches yeah, yeah. i mean how many no catches or only seven catches so yeah. 12 touches for todd Gurley. yeah yeah when that's you, when not you, enough when you take him out of the equation the rams have enough weapons on the passing side of the ball that they should be okay but they're not going to succeed if you take early out no and right. that's the problem i mean golf did what he could i mean throwing for 517 was no issue but three interceptions is yeah and yeah that, and that came back to haunt them so i mean for the rams the fact that Gurley got shut down they have to find a way around and they have to get him more involved if they're going to really contend for tampa like i said bruce arian's team has really shown a bounce-back win after a bad loss to the Giants. And for Jameis Winston, I mean, to get that offense going yeah. and drop in 55 on a very stout Rams defense. I'll say on the is, defending NFC champs. Yeah, it's it's something they should use as momentum moving forward. Right. They'll, they'll definitely use that going next week when they play the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, which the Saints are no joke with no. or without Drew Brees. Scary, scary, but we'll get into that a little later. Yep. Pad, your leap. Uh, for my leap, I was looking at the Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars game. I know Denver was favored by a few points, but I thought, mm, you know what? I think Jacksonville might be able to pull this one out, and they inevitably, excuse me, inevitably did. Final score of 26-24. Uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, 19 of 33 for 213 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Joe Flacco, 22 of 38 for 303 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Dare I say, do we now have a quarterback controversy in Jacksonville? <laughs> Again, with Nick Foles and somebody else. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is I, I got to think that when Foles comes back in, he's still going to get the nod just because he has a Super Bowl you know, champion yeah. and Super yeah. Bowl MVP. So yeah. I got to think that, you know, even though they've won – Two games with you know with with Uncle Mitchell, Rico. yeah, with Uncle Rico back there, yeah. throwing it a damn near mile. The legend, uh, yeah. I still think that they're going to give Foles a nod when he comes back. I mean, this injury that Foles suffered. I mean, he is done for the season, right? I mean, yeah. he was put on yeah. season-ending IR. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, maybe depending on where this leads, they did pay Foles a hefty amount. So uh-huh. oh, they did. Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that they would go into this offseason not you know not having Foles in the game plan. So yeah, I mean, if they go. Let's just say they go ten and six and they get a wild card spot. You got to yep. talk, you know, Minshaw, and as far as a discussion for QB going in the offseason. right? And one of the crazy things with this game is is one of the things you hear a lot about the Denver Broncos. You know, the last couple of years is despite whatever you say about their offense, their defense is usually pretty good. Still mm-hmm. got Von Miller. Uh, work on your run game, bro. Twenty nine carries, two hundred and twenty five yards rushing for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, which is amazing for him to get the ball finally rolling because, I mean, with yeah. all his injuries he's had over the past few years. Yeah, you just, but you just had to get him going downfield. Yeah. I mean, he's a bull, you know. I mean, 
coming out of college, everybody thought he was going to be an elite running back, and not. I don't necessarily thought they used him correctly. I mean, I saw them play the Giants last year in Week One. And he absolutely terrorized them early on, and mm. then from there, it kind of, you know, obviously he had a little controversy during sure. you know middle part of the season, but. From there, I always thought he would be a stud. So it's like just give him the ball and let him run. But you got to give it to him, you know. You have to give it to him, and he has to stay healthy. Yeah, that's been the biggest issue. And for Jacksonville, I mean, they have to take this. It was a gutty win. I mean, yeah. coming back as how they did after being down seventeen to six going into halftime. Yeah, and answering back with what twenty unanswered. Uh, well. 14 in the second quarter, or third quarter, excuse me, where Denver didn't score anything. And then Denver did put up seven in the fourth, and then uh, Jacksonville put up six. Yeah, I mean, just as have them come back, I mean, it's, it's a true feather in their yeah. cap. And for the for the Broncos, a lot of questions. 0-4, oh 0-2 <laughs> at when, home. When are they going to stop with the quarterback band-aids? Yeah. And just realize that you can't just plug and play anymore. Yeah. You know, Peyton Manning's not, wa- not walking in that door. That's no. not the guy that you're able to plug in to this and say, all right, lead us to a Super Bowl, you know? I mean, it's almost akin to what the Yankees went through for a couple of years in Major League Baseball, where by and large, the Yankees, you know, for baseball fans will remember their process of like, oh, we need to fill a hole, let's go get some superstar from another team that is, you know, over the age of 30, and that wasn't working for them, and they didn't get anywhere, and they finally had to realize, okay, this isn't working, we got to go young. I think Denver might be going through the same process. I mean, 0-4, yeah. and you trade for Flacco, who just isn't necessarily doing anything that you need him to do to perform. Right, and it's not going to get any easier for him. I mean, I'm looking at their next slate of games. They've got uh, the Chargers next week, Titans after that, Chiefs, Colts, Browns, and then they got the bye week. Yeah, they don't have any easy road ahead of them. And no. Flacco, I mean, he's doing what he can do. I mean, throwing for 303 and three touchdowns is, is not a bad stat yeah, It's line. not a bad performance, but, I mean, that's not every week that you're getting that from him. Right, right. and their running game has been very stagnant. Yeah. To say the least. I mean, I'm looking at the the guys they got on the box score here for rushing, and I'm not as a fantasy football player. I'm not exactly looking, going, oh yeah, I got to get that guy off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. No, but, Philip Lindsay. I mean, 53 yards is nothing to sneeze at. But I, you're completely right, Pat. I mean, their running game is what Denver has always been known for. Yeah. I mean, ever oh since yeah. They're you know legendary Super Bowl runs. Oh yeah. To see it really struggle is a very interesting thing to watch. Right. And for their passing game, I mean, they've really stepped up. Emmanuel Sanders has really come back from yeah. injury very strong. Yeah. But they're not getting the wins. I mean, that's the thing at the end of the day. And their defense, I mean, Von Miller had a bad penalty late in that game too, which gave Jacksonville another swing. Right. They lost Bradley Chubb for the year, I believe, toward bicep. Yeah. Yep. They're got to find some you know balance on both sides right. to get some wins. Yeah, and I definitely think you got to get something to fill out with Emmanuel Sanders because I'm looking at his stats. He's having a stellar year. He's got 23 catches, two yards short of 300 yards, two touchdowns. He's averaging 13 yards. Yeah, which is insane. But you're owing for. But you're owing yeah. for. Yeah, <laughs> it's great for fantasy football. But if you want to play real football, you got to get W's. And Denver has to find a way to do it. I mean, arguably, you can say we're in a month now into the season. If you're 0 4, the season's mm-hmm. pretty much a wash. It's just usually how it is. I mean, it's not, it may not be a wash, but like the odds are not in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. The odds are definitely stacked against you. So if Denver wants to make a run, they got to find some way to do it and do it quick. I don't see how it's going to happen. And now uh-huh. they're, they're going to be entered into the sweepstakes for the tank for Tua. Uh huh. But who even knows that they would take Tua at this point? Because yeah. the way that Elway runs this team, Maybe they would probably just find, you know, they probably trade for Eli. No, they yeah. tra- trade for Nick Foles. It would be somebody. I was, so a former Super Bowl winning quarterback. I was oh, going to agree with before. Pat. Yeah. I, I say, hypothetically saying, if Minshew runs the table and gets Jacksonville to a playoff game and wins one, 
could Folds be on the market? Well, which I'm just going to say, crazy. I mean, I'm saying Elway has had some luck with Manning before, so maybe he'd just chase the last name. Maybe. Uh, maybe. it have to be something to wait and see. So, Coach, let us get into your locks and leaps here. All right, well, my lock was going to be a team that was going to need to make a statement game after last season, the nasty taste that was left in their mouth mm-hmm. with a division rival, yep. which was going to be Baltimore just taking it to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. The opposite happened. A little bit. Definitely. Bad. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm a jinx, but yeah, I'm a jinx. Because, I mean, 40-25, to 25, I mean, they look, Cleveland, uh, Baltimore's offense, while look looking promising, still look kind of lost. Cleveland finally put it together and put oh, a yeah. masterful performance together. Uh, Baker Mayfield showed up, and so did that Cleveland defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was absolutely nuts. Baker Mayfield, 20 of 30 for 342 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Lamar Jackson, 24 of 34 for 247, three yards, or excuse me, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, it's just one of those things that they just got outclassed on offense where, because you look at the total yards, uh, Baltimore had 395 yards of of offense, and then Cleveland, 530. Well, let's break it down, though. Nick Chubb was the driving force for Cleveland. Feed him more. Yeah. 165 on the ground for three Ooh. touchdowns, and once they he started taking their toll on on the Ravens' defense, I mean that's when Cleveland was starting to get opportunities. I mean Baker took advantage of what Chubb was setting up with the run game, and you can't fault anything about that. And this was a definite bounce back game for Cleveland, and a strong win for them going forward mm-hmm. to see them get the ball going. Albeit though, Odell Beckham Jr. really is not lighting it up. He got shut down in this game. Yeah, two catches for 20 yards. It's it, you take him out of the equation. It's interesting to see how this team reacts. But Jarvis Landry is having a huge game. Helping my fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would just say, yeah, I mean, you can take – I mean, a lot of teams have taken Odell out of the game plan. I mean, I think his best game was last week against, or two weeks ago Could against be. the Jets. Could be. Arguably so far in a four-game season. So, I mean, but they have other weapons. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, okay, you can game plan against Odell Beckham, but Jarvis Landry's still there. And Nick Chubb, obviously, you got to – I mean, clearly – goes to show that you can you got to run the ball with him but i think the more telling thing is baltimore's defense yeah, yeah. a team that was you know once you know uh feared s- fear yeah i mean the vaunted 3-4 with ray lewis mm, the and Suggs. the bellet crest and ed yeah reed. and i mean all that you know and ed reed and everything i mean now this is a team where you know if uh, from fancy aspect you know if you have a running back going up against them, or even a wide receiver, you would yeah. have said, man, I'm in trouble, man. I can't play so-and-so because yeah. I, I got it. I'm going against Baltimore's defense. I got to pick somebody up on the waiver wire. Now it's like, oh, no, I'm going to play him. Like, yeah. I mean, I got a running back going against Baltimore next week. I mean, who are they? Pat, you got who are they playing next week? Uh, Baltimore, I can tell you in about two seconds. Uh, they're playing the they're playing the Steelers. I'm going to play, and if I can get Jalen Samuels, I'm going to play him or I'm going to play Connor. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not going to have any fear. I know they're going to get points because at the end of the day, the Baltimore defense is not what it once was. No, no, it's in a transition phase. I mean, obviously, c- trying to compare it to the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed days isn't really fair. But this team does have some t- some some talent on right. the defensive side of the ball. And like I said, the cornerback that shut down Odell did a very good job. I'm, I'm escaping his name right now. I know we'll definitely get hit up on social media but about that. They were always plug and play. Oh yeah, they always were. But now this is a transition. But you can also see on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Lamar Jackson adds a different dynamic to that team. So as this team is redefining who they are, they're going to be all right. I mean, they're still two and two. So that I means definitely. Sure. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not oh, panicking yet. Oh, no, I, I would definitely not. Yeah. 
But I mean, Lamar Jackson still were 247 and three, not a bad day, but two interceptions is a little costly. But going forward, though, Baltimore is going to find their identity. I mean, they're going to scrap in there. Because, yeah. like I said, the Steelers, you know, obviously they won against the Bengals, but the Bengals are right. atrocious right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Ugh. the Steelers are not the Steelers of old, which, right. I mean, seeing how they've started this year, I mean, I thought they bounced back, and obviously they were my Super Bowl pick. I am saying, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I've been wrong before. It'll well, happen again. Well, I'll say, I mean, a common theme that we've said so far and has been the running game. Los Angeles lost. They couldn't yeah. run the ball. You know, I mean, Tampa Bay in that game was able to run the ball, and they were having success on the ground with their two-headed running back, you know, core. Cleveland, Nick Chubb, dominant performance. So it's like here's a common theme. And then in that Pittsburgh game, mm. same thing. Connor and Samuels were able to yeah. get their way with the Cincinnati defense. So it's like, you know, while, yeah, these quarterbacks are putting up huge numbers. I mean, 300-plus yards in each game that we've talked about yeah. is crazy. But at the same time, each running back or total between the two running backs has been over 100 yards. Oh, yeah. So the running game is just as important as your passing game. Absolutely. So for Baltimore, they got to find that balance and they got to make it happen. And for the defensive side of the ball, they'll get it together. But like I say, it's not the days of old. It's right. a transition. No. It's a transition right. period. It, it's definitely a transition, and you can definitely tell that things are maybe a little different than they used to be. Uh, you look at Baker Mayfield who got sacked one time during this entire game in Baltimore. That's crazy. Baltimore yeah. only got one interception the entire game. Yeah, I mean, that's whatever. I mean, the the, the sack, though. I mean, not to, yeah. not to be able to get pressure. Yeah. You know, on Mayfield when he's dropping back and he's throwing 30 times, is that's not Baltimore defense. Yeah. No, it definitely isn't. So Baltimore obviously has got some work to do, but they're definitely still in contention. And for Cleveland, it, they've bounced back and now are on the winning side of the ball. Can they keep the momentum going? That's going to be the question moving forward. Also, for another question, though, would mm-hmm. be my leap, and I'm going to j- kind of just jump into that because we had the same leap, Coach. We shared. We shared. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is the Tennessee Titans taking it to Atlanta. For, so we talk about another team that is in. Or lost Anta. Yes. Uh-huh. Because for Coin another, that, trademark. For, for another team that's in transition. <laughs> Who knows? What I mean, is here, Atlanta? Here's the thing. I know we've said it before, but again, we look at the numbers. Of course, Tennessee Titans winning by a final score 24 to 10. But you look at the numbers. Okay, Matt Ryan, 397 yards passing. Uh, Devontae Freeman was their lead rusher for 28 yards. Okay, there's one glaring thing. Uh, Austin Hooper, their receiving, leading receiver for 130 yards. Muhammad Sanu, 91 yards. You know, Devontae Freeman, 72 receiving yards. You've got three guys, two, three, whatever you want to call it, on offense that are putting up monster numbers. And, and you got Ryan putting up darn near, you know, a sneeze away from 400 yards passing, and you get blown out by two scores? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's just talk about their offensive performance, though. Because, I mean, so a, a long time ago, the Giants uh, had a problem in the red zone. So Tom Coughlin stopped calling it the red zone, putting a negative connotation as in to stop. Sure. And they turned it, they changed the name to the green zone to put a positive count as in to go. I mean, Atlanta was inside the red zone as soon as they crossed the 50-yard line. Yeah. This team couldn't get a sniff near the end zone because every time they would, they would take two steps forward and one step back. Whether it be a penalty, you know, uh, uh, drop passes, you know, uh, and something knocking them out of field goal range, and then they'd end up having a punt. You can't tell me that you have 397 yards passing and you're not sniffing the end zone every once in a while. Right. Yeah, that's the one thing. Atlanta just can't put it together. They're lost. Yeah, they're lost. Again, who is Atlanta? What is Atlanta? Yeah, because we can't figure this out. For the offensive side of the ball, like I said, Matt Ryan's putting up 400 yards, yet you can't get it into the end zone for six. (laughs) 
it's crazy. I mean, it you just, were throwing for three football fields. Yeah. And you can't score a touchdown? Yeah. You you scored one touchdown at the beginning of the game, and then after that, nothing. I just I don't understand. This team on paper, when you look at – when you talk about offensive weapon, uh, Austin Hooper, uh, perennial all-pro. Now, I'm not talking pro bowlers because pro bowlers whatever because people get injured and people hop yeah. in and fill yeah. spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking all-pro tight end. Mohamed Sanu, former All-Pro, mm-hmm. you know, with Cincinnati, still having some juice left in those legs, yeah. still playing well. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Like, you talk about this on paper, and you're like, man, this team is a threat. You know, you put any other – you put those receivers on any other team, that's a Super Bowl contender. Oh, without question. But on Atlanta, they're 1-3. and three. Yeah. Yeah. And they just can't get it together, and I don't see any easy reason. No, I mean, you, you brought up the red zone, and I dug up their uh, first four games. Uh, the, of course, this game against Tennessee, they were one of two from the red zone. Uh, looking at their game against the Indianapolis Colts, they were three of four in the red zone, and that's maids to attempts. Against their game against Philly, they were <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one of two in the red zone. And then in their game against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, they were one of two in the red zone. So, like, y- you got to punch it in. You got to punch it in. You can't. I mean, take nothing away. Tennessee definitely did what they needed to do. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, but for Atlanta, I'm sorry, your season's lost. There's no way, even without Drew Brees being on the New Orleans Saints right now, they got a chance of catching. They're one no. and three, and they look absolutely lost. Well, and don't there. and don't forget their entire second half of their schedule after the bye week minus two games is all divisional. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is going to scrap with them. I mean, Carolina, we have to wait and see. This is a full, total rebuild yeah, that's yeah. coming this offseason. You cannot, you can't go into next year and, you know, if you're the ownership yeah. of Atlanta, as pride as, as proud as that, lead, you know, that ownership is, uh, you can't go into this offseason with a team that went 6-10 and 10 and say, you know what, we're going to give this one more year because it has been that for the last three seasons since uh-huh. the Super Bowl. It's yeah. been this exact same performance. It's time to destroy and rebuild. And it's not mm-hmm. going to get any easier. They've got Houston, Arizona, the Rams, and Seattle coming up before they hit the bye week. So that one win will come against Arizona. Yeah, I was just gonna and, say. and the thing of it is, is the way Atlanta's playing right now, I can see them losing to Arizona. But you know what, though? Who knows? Because the next three weeks, they might run the table and go three and zero. Because you just you never know with this Atlanta team. Mm-hmm. You just don't get it. But no. a, but after seeing how they played against Tennessee, the the smart money would be maybe Arizona. Yeah, maybe because Arizona is also a shaky team too. But for the Falcons, it, it's just I don't know. They need to implode this team. They have you have I'm, to. Yeah. I'm, I'm fully convinced at this stage. Implode the team, keep Julio. Everybody else has got to go. Yeah, you can keep him, Matt Ryan. Maybe that's it. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt Ryan. I don't know. No, Matt, that's I mean, a maybe, but that's a. But I tr- I'd trade him for picks. Trade him for Nick Foles. Yeah, <laughs> let's make, let's start making wheel and deal. I mean, I just I don't know how you come back in with the same coaching staff and team and and say. And I mean, I know it's really difficult in the NFL to make player moves. It's a lot easier to fire. You know, coaches. That's why coaching changes happen so often. I just, I mean, Tom Coughlin got fired for going six and ten after two Super Bowl performances and making the playoffs the year before. Yeah. So I mean, if you're telling me that you have the Super Bowl hangover and you're going to give him one more year, that's just not smart. No, you you can't. The only sensible option I could see if if you wanted to keep the players together, you have to get a new head coach. It has to be, and you have to go get Mike McCarthy. You, okay. You need to go get somebody that say so he is currently for, uh, unavailable, or excuse me, available. Right. You need to get somebody that can come in there, work with a quarterback, and make something happen. I would almost think you might want more of a 
Uh, well, he is a defensive coordinator, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you have to get an offensive guy. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's McCarthy though. I but it's got to be somebody. It's got to be somebody that can come in and can definitely work with a quarterback. Like he has success. I mean, obviously until the very end with Aaron Rodgers, right? You know? Yeah. So, so maybe that's something you want to consider. That would be the only to. thing. Because I mean, there's no like big names out there other than him right now for head yeah. Head Rex Ryan, I don't think no is the no answer. Rex no Rex in Atlanta would be disastrous. And say McDaniel's name will get thrown out for the fifteenth time. Oh yeah, well, yeah he I ain't mean, going anywhere. Yeah, I mean the same right. the same old names will come up, but for coordinators, but um, overall though, I mean to get a big change down there, you need somebody that can really come in there and change a culture and really redefine what that team's going to be. Because moving forward. This season is a wash, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't see them really making any moves. Atlanta, I dare you to prove me wrong. I want to see you prove please. me wrong. I just, I yeah, I don't see how. I mean, with the schedule that's coming up and how the other teams are performing, because I mean, again, we just talked about Tampa Bay just hung fifty five on Los Angeles at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's got to be concerning. The Saints go and beat Dallas without Drew Brees, yep. who yeah. is coming back in you know another four to six weeks. So you've he's coming back. So you got to deal with that. You know, and they still might be in playoff contention, and you know, you, you got to look at your own selves and be like, this is a this is a problem. It's a huge problem for Atlanta. It's a great win for Tennessee, who, like we've said in the football preview episode, they don't win flashy. No, they, they grind out. Oh yeah, and definitely did. I mean, Marcus Mariota was three touchdowns. Derrick Henry, hundred yards on the ground. They're not going to win flashy. They're not going to win shootouts. They will grind you out for a win. And they definitely did what they needed to do. So Tennessee's got you know stepping in the right direction. Atlanta keeping up with the you know rest of the division. I mean, the only other team that might be some something to watch for is Carolina. Yeah, because maybe Carolina. Obviously, Cam Newton has not been playing. No, and they definitely surprised me. I mean, obviously, I took Houston as my lock this week. And I was upset because Carolina yeah. won sixteen to ten. Pad, you got that stat line? Yep. So Carolina, like you said, won sixteen to ten. Uh, Kyle Allen, twenty four of thirty four for two hundred. Yeah, exactly. Twenty four of thirty four for two hundred and thirty two yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Deshaun Watson, twenty one of thirty three for one hundred and sixty yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. The telling stat, I think, though, and this is one I didn't realize until I was looking at the box score. Carolina defense got to Deshaun Watson six times yeah, for a sack. Did not see that happen. I mean. Oof. The Texans went all in this offseason yeah. with that Tunsil trade. Mm-hmm. And we all thought, all right, they would write the ship off on the offensive line. They would be able to to get protection, you know, for Deshaun Watson. He would finally be able to get the ball out, you know, to the playmakers that they have in Hopkins and Will Fuller. And it has not been the case. No. And this offensive line is looking as abysmal as the Giants have the last few years. It, it's it's di- not good. It's disappointing. I mean, to see the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball. And this is different than Atlanta. Yeah. Don't get us don't get it twisted with that. But for Houston, yeah, with the trade for Tunsil, they were making the moves in the right direction and they should have had enough talent on the offensive line side to keep Watson protected so he can make those big plays. Right. I mean, they went all in. Yeah. You don't trade two first-round picks and say we're not trying to win a Super Bowl right now. Exactly. That window is closing for them. And this performance against Carolina, who had a backup quarterback as their starter right, and who was throwing the ball all over the place on them, even for 232, I mean, it's not a huge stat line, but it's noticeable because this isn't Cam Newton who changes that dynamic in there. Kyle Allen, I mean, he, he's been playing adequate since Newton's been out. 
I mean, they still have Christian McCaffrey, so, I mean, that's a huge factor. Right, but it's like Coach said, that if Houston's got a glaring thing on offense, it's definitely the offensive line because they're in, like, the top five, top, you know, top three in the NFL in terms of sacks given up. They've given up 18 sacks, and the only team higher than them is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so that's not a club you want to join. No, not at all, especially when you have a team that, I mean, let's face it, they were never going to be able to run the ball very well. I mean, they just don't have the running backs that scare you, you know, right. and, and Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, who was cut, you know, yeah. by Kansas City of all teams. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they definitely didn't go in saying, all right, we're going to be a run first team. But, I mean, when you have DeAndre Hopkins and you have, you know, Will Fuller and you went out and you got Kenny Steeles uh, as part of the trade with Miami, you know, you think that, all right, you know, they're going to be a team that we would have thought would throw for 300 yards. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson has proved that he can be an adequate quarterback and, and very capable of staying in the pocket and not panic and running. Um, but, I mean, they it's almost to the point where maybe they need to start utilizing him more on rollouts and getting him outside of the pocket because they can't protect him on the inside. Yeah, they got to figure something out. And in Carolina, with their with that quarterback situation, I mean, they were 0-2 at Cam, yeah. and now they're 2-2 two and two at Kyle, yeah. uh, Kyle Allen. Yeah. That is something that, I mean, with Ron Ron Rivera, I mean, his job is in question. I'll say now, now the heat on him is not exactly you know steaming hot. It's a little maybe a little lukewarm. Well, sure, but I mean, if they you know, let's just say they put uh, Newton back in, and they finish six and ten. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. they should. You know, that would cost Ron Rivera's job. If they have a losing season, that's going to cost him his job. Unfortunately, yeah. Allen, Allen has added a different dynamic to that offense and consistency. Yeah, <laughs> that's the no. You're, that's you're, it. You're absolutely right. So. It's going to be a tough call for him about who he puts back in. Because now, granted, I mean Cam Newton was playing hurt. Yeah, he was playing so, hurt. So I mean, but unless he's back a hundred percent, right? And that's the big question because I'm sure he's sitting on that sidelines and watching this. And while he's happy they're winning, he's going, "Wait a sec, yeah, if, you know, my job is on the line too." Oh, for sure. Yeah, because this isn't the Cam Newton of old. This is one that's been around the league. Oh, this is thirty year old Cam Newton. You yeah, know, I mean, this is not the guy who you know ran that. Uh, that pa- that wide open run against Alabama, you know, in, in Auburn. Yeah, this is a aged, you know, man now. You know, yeah. And for being a mobile quarterback, I mean, that window of playing gets close every year. And for his style that he plays, right? Yeah. So it's a lot of question marks for him and Carolina coming back because depending how Cam is when he returns, do you sit him or do you ride the hot hand? Because if let's say hypothetically Carolina is winning and then Cam's all of a sudden cleared, yeah, what do you do then? Oof, I don't want to be Ron Rivera. I, I mean, that. they've got the Jaguars, Panthers, or Jaguars, Bucks, 49ers, and then the Titans all within the next four weeks. And I do not – and their bye week is coming up after the week against the Buccaneers. You know, maybe that's the time that if Cam comes back healthy, you know, maybe if you're 2-4 and four or 3-3, three and three, yeah. maybe you're looking yeah. at putting Cam back in. But, maybe. you know, if you're 4-2 and two, yeah, you can't. going into the bye week – You can't. No, that's it, four straight wins. It's it's a it's a intri- intriguing scenario they're going to have on their sure. hands. So we'll have to see watch moving forward. I mean, Houston's got questions. Carolina's got questions. Looking around the league before we close out the first segment, is there any games that jumped out at you that we should be mentioning? I mean, I guess I'll talk about it. You know, the sure. elephant in the room, Daniel Jones uh, <laughs> versus Dwayne Haskins, round one. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I, and I'll speak just for the Dwayne Haskins side of things. I mean, he was put in a tough spot. You know, the Giants' defense was playing really well, and you know he was put in in the middle of the game on a on a drive when he probably didn't get a ton of first team reps all week. And mm. you know, they kind of they did the opposite of 
uh, what you know the Giants did with Daniel Jones uh, versus the Buffalo in that Buffalo game because yeah. they very well could have put Daniel Jones in that game against Buffalo with the way that Eli was performing. And you know what? Credit to the Giants organization. Yeah. They had they stayed fast. Yeah. They held fast and and they put him in with a week of preparation. Versus what Washington did, where they threw him in in the Lions' den. Yeah, and the Giants' defense was swarming, and he looked bad. And I don't think it's any fault of his own, but you know what the game plan was with, you know they they didn't necessarily have anything dialed in for him. Offensively, the Giants looked great. I'm very excited um, for Golden Tate to come back this week. I mean, obviously, you know Daniel Jones did throw the two interceptions, which one was an amazing catch. The other one was credited because of the route combination that we were running we hadn't seen that coverage yet which I don't understand what the hell that means I mean you think that you would know what you know if you can see whether they're in cover two or cover three you think you would know what route combo you're running Mm. and Wayne Gallman damn near killed me in fantasy that man put up a great performance I mean he had 22 points in the league that I was playing him against that was scary Uh, every time they gave it to him on the goal line I was holding my breath praying that he wouldn't get in and that they throw it to Evan Ingram, who I do have on my fantasy team. Mm. It was a panic. And you know what, though? Uh, in the whole in my whole thing with Landon Collins, uh, Jabril Peppers played great. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, <laughs> you know, that pick six uh, definitely quieted the haters there who were, you know, like me. And I listen, Landon Collins was terrible against the pass. Mm. Let me just – I understand that and accepted that, but I still thought he could play safety. He looked terrible. Yeah, he did. He, he looked did. real bad. I mean, Evan Ingram made him fall on a, on one of those like uh, you know in out routes, and I was like, he <laughs> that's yeah. not a good look. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. But for Daniel Jones, I mean, the wins keep happening. Twenty four to three over Washington might have cost uh, Washington's head coach their job. Uh, still I mean, employed as we record. Still employed yeah, as I, we record. But Gruden might be out the door though soon. I I think that if they do anything, it'll be by week time. But yeah. I mean, I don't think they have anybody structure wise who could pick up and run with the pieces so i think they'll hold fast and you know they'll deal with it in the offseason but they they're a team that also is in serious need of some leadership chills leadership changes because they are lost a little bit yeah absolutely i mean they i just the fact that like after last week's performance against chicago not pulling the plug you know on the quarterback situation and putting haskins in just saying you know what this is lost and you know it is what it is it was a bad decision from the organizational standpoint because when you go out and you spend a first-round pick on Haskins, why not just see what he has? I mean, especially given the fact that an in-division rival did the same thing similar to what happened to you, you would think that you would want to do the same thing. And I think Haskins is going to be all right. I mean, there was signs of hope. You know, that one 17-yard run that he had where he almost got into the end zone was a great-looking run. And, you know, some of his throws were there, too. It's just unfortunate that, you know, one tight end he hit uh, Vernon Davis in the chest when he was trying to run a, uh, a hitch route, and he just wasn't looking for the ball, and Haskins put it on him. That's tough break. You know, I mean, that's just timing, and that comes with development and running with the first team. So, And, I mean, they haven't announced who the first who's going to be the quarterback going into this week, so... You know, more problems. You know, I mean, the, the, after the Buffalo performance, the Giants were like, on Monday, Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's just a different business aspect that they do. Oh, for sure, and, for sure. In Washington, it, it's a long season. That's all you, that's all you can really yeah, say about that. A little bit. We went a little extra with our football talk, but definitely join in the conversation on social media. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What was your thoughts on this past week's games? We definitely want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen. A battle for your entertainment. 
in this corner, Mike, the fanboy, Hall! Hi, hi, I'm Mike. And his opponent, Jim, the hater, Harris! Hi there, I'm Jim. Our podcast is The Fanboy and the Hater. Where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and many more. Join us while we argue about the things that we love. Like Star Wars, superheroes, and science fiction. So tune in to The Fanboy and the Hater. And... Let's get ready to nerd fight! Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH. Time to run the ropes and give you our wrestling recap. Uh-huh. And is everybody ready? Is everybody counting down the minutes? It is AEW Eve as we are recording? Uh-huh. AEW Dynamite is debuting on TNT. Yep. Going up against NXT on USA, full two hours, and it's an NXT takeover card. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. So, Coach, let me start with you. What was your recap here? I mean... I, I I'm looking forward to AEW. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to to having some sort of competition. I I'm I'm obviously since we've talked, Cody Rhodes came out with that statement, you know, with uh, you know, begging fans to you know choose their product and stuff. Which I mean, I I didn't sit well with me personally. I just yeah. I mean, just let let us take in the content. You know, let us just watch wrestling. It doesn't need to be. You know, an AEW versus WWE thing from the fan standpoint. You know, you guys can do your thing as far as your organizational standpoints, but let us fans just be fans and let us just watch it and let us take it in. It's a lot of content. It's, I mean, Monday I was watching a little bit of Raw last night and they were showing like all the programs that they have on. I mean, they're on your TV four or five nights There's a, of the week. If, even if you're not a fan of everything WWE, like you might just pick and choose what you like. In terms of wrestling, there is something from a federation every night of the week. It's crazy. And, and that's including yeah. Saturdays and Sundays for pay-per-views and such. I mean, for me, eh, I'm kind of meh on it because... You know, okay, you got you got to kind of put the product out before you can start hyping up how great you are and how sure. awesome your show is going to be. And their because, shows have not sat well. Yeah, because their pay-per-views have been okay to mediocre. I mean, they haven't been, you know, NXTs, on the other hand, the takeovers have been a home run, you know, grand slams out of the park. You know, but whereas the AEW stuff, it's been, okay, there's been a few bright spots, but by and large, I haven't come out of there going, oh my God, that was, you know, that was amazing. That was great. You know, and, and thus far, you know, what I'm seeing from your pay-per-views, not exactly giving me faith in your television. No, it's definitely not. And this is where it's going to get very interesting. AEW has got a lot of great talent on their roster. Yeah. Sure. You can't argue that. Yeah. But how they've been building up for this, they're relying so much on their YouTube channels, plural, that you have to go search and you have to kind of dig through and find out what they're doing. 
And ultimately, what they're debuting with, I mean, let's break down the card really quickly. So you have their first match is going to be Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Uh-huh. Sure. So that one is going to be a good match. I mean, I'm not very familiar with Sammy. You're hitting body my po- of work. Yeah, you're, you're hitting my point on the head. Sammy, unless you have followed the indie scene, you don't really know a lot about. Right, but that's like we said a couple, I think it was last show, or even, you know, in the time in between shows. That's true for a lot of AEW is, okay, you know, you know, the casual fans, you know, the, I, I know some people who all they watch is WWE. They're aware of some of the other stuff like TNA and New Japan, but like they don't watch any of it. So, you know, you got the casuals who they're familiar with Cody Rhodes. They're familiar with Chris Jericho. They're familiar with, you know, uh, Ty Dillinger because I'm blanking on his, the name they're using for him. You know, they're familiar. Sean Spears. Thank you. They're familiar with those guys. But by and large, like the other 85% of that locker room, they have no idea who any of them are. No, and they're relying on everybody that's an internet wrestling fan to to tune in and support, which is great. But if you're trying to get the mainstream audience, you really – how they've stacked this is going to be really interesting to see how it translates to the mainstream. Right. Because TNT has been hyping it a lot. Oh, yeah. So right, on, yeah. on all their programming. And well, as they would. Yeah, I mean, of course as, they would. As they yeah. should. I mean, there's no question of that. So to see what this does, I mean, obviously people know Cody. Uh, Sammy, unless you've been following the indie scene, you don't know his work except for like Lucha Underground and for Wrestle Circus. He's, he's been around. He's gonna They're going to put on a great match. And then they go right from there to the women's title match, which is uh, Nyla Rose versus Riho. Yeah. And then they go into the big Kenny Omega, or no, I'm sorry, Chris Jericho, and uh, two mystery partners versus the Elite. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, obviously you want to think that it's a team formerly known as LAX. Right. Is sure. It? I mean, it still doesn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. great. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. and that's and that's kind of the temp in the room. And it's just, they have a, a decent card. I know they'll put on a great show. I'm just, yeah. you know. I'm, I, not, I'm not even sure of that. I Yeah. I mean, listen. Chris Jericho, the brawler, does not really tickle my fancy. I'm not a big fan of the new style. I mean, I know that he's, age-wise, unfortunately, not the Jericho of old. Right, and you got to yeah. change styles a little bit as you get older. And, fortunately, Father Time catches you and you get a little belly, you know? I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, but I just for me, the brawler, Chris Jericho, is not my cup of tea. I miss the old-school Jericho. So, whoever he's paired up with, I'm sure will do a majority of the work and you know, Omega and the Bucks are what they are. They're going to put on a great match, and they're going to do you know some spots, and you're going to ooh, you're going to awe, and you're going to you know say what did I just see, and then you're going to see a one, two, three, right? And yeah, they, and they definitely got to build their roster up so that you're excited for everybody because the way it stands right now, okay, yes, they have the potential for some great matchups, but unless you start building up some of the other folks that are in your on your roster, you're going to start running into some of the stuff we've seen with WWE in the past where it's, oh, hey, we get to see another Randy and Sheamus feud for the 14th time. Well, and Right, and to that, though, and uh, as you're talking about building up the roster, I mean, here we're looking at the fact that you know Kenny Omega is going to be facing Chris Jericho, but this version of Kenny Omega is the... I'm down on my luck, and things are yeah, lost right now. Yeah, the YouTube right vignettes are not working. Yeah, like, I just I don't. So I'm, I don't want to see him in the ring with the world champion. He doesn't deserve to be in the ring with him right now. Not this Kenny Omega. No, definitely not. And I mean, I think this is why they're doing this mystery thing. They're going to try building it up that oh, who could it be? But they've already kind of tipped their hats. That it's yeah. going to be LAX. Yeah, I I can't see it being somebody else unless they do something weird like 
I don't know, Pear Pock and somebody else that's not rumored to be on the card. Yeah, but either way, though, I mean, it's still Omega in the ring with Jericho for me, which is what matters. I mean, that's what they're trying to build. It should be exciting, and I should be, like, you know, on the edge of my seat, jumping out of my seat, wanting to see it, and I'll be honest, I'm really not. Nope. No, definitely not. I mean, the rest of the card, though, it, it could go either way, but for AEW, they need to come out, and they need to come out swinging. I mean, yeah. they this first show needs to be what is trending you know and, 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 and the funny thing is is you know you talk about a lot with we've talked about it with AEW's debut show in the weeks leading up to it and here we are on the you know the night before and what was the one thing we've always said with the with the audience is you don't have to worry about you know the diehards the internet fans because the internet fans are going to be there we're all internet fans we're all the diehard fans i can't speak for you guys but i'm not exactly like you know oh god i can't wait to watch i can't wait to you know there are there are probably more than a few fans out there who are like you know what? I might DVR it and watch it later. Yeah, and then that's going to be the true test because you obviously for their first show, they need to come out and they need to make a bang. Is this going to be the card that does it? I don't know. I don't think so. And especially, I know one thing they talked about over on our buddy's show is 3FNW, 3 Fed Nerds on Wrestling, so definitely support the hashtag fellow 607 podcast group. They've been talking about how ticket sales are bought, but there's not. they're worried about not selling out the crowd. Right? Well, that's been the problem, though. Yeah. I mean... For as fast as they were hyping up the internet sales for Chicago, you know, with All In and, and Double or Nothing, a majority of those sales w- were bought and then second-handed. Yeah. Well, and especially, and especially so, I feel like you can't really look at all-out ticket sales all that much. Okay, yeah, they did sell out the arena in record time, yada, yada, yada. But at that point, that was kind of a, hey, they're doing a pay-per-view. We don't know if they're ever going to do one again. Right. And then they did, you know, oh, they're doing their first one after, you know, a year plus, however long it ends up being. Oh, we got to go for it again. Now you're getting to the point where it's like, okay, I don't have to, like, jump at this because if I miss one and I can't watch it in person, I can watch it at home. Again, I think this just goes back to what we've said, that they should have been more of we're the alternate product versus we are the product versus. But that's, again, when the problem lies. You have Team right. Cody and Team Kenny. That's that's how it's getting portrayed because Cody is all in on having another Monday Night War. Well, so are the Bucks, though. Yeah, right? well, so, is Kenny which, to, so is Kenny to a certain well, degree. Well, now they're, they're kind of swaying because they have to get on a unified point of view, which we haven't seen yet. Right. I, those comments that Omega made I don't think were – necessarily comments that you know true omega would have been making i feel no. like they were probably something that not necessarily he was told to say but something that he was just like in the heat of the moment you know what should i say answering this question yeah the nxt is just developmental yeah i mean you look at that roster and like we talked about last week i mean of those guys who are in nxt all of them can carry a show oh, yeah. absolutely. and have no business being they would all be the head of the card if they were in AEW. Yeah, and well, and you you look at the two. Well, you know, one thing I'm, if you had to say, what are you most excited for out of the two? I would probably say the Matt Riddle Adam Cole match, not because of the match, but for it occurred to me, I'm like, hmm, they want to make a bang. You know, the first night they're going head to head with all elite wrestling. What's one thing they could do? Hmm, have a certain former champion we haven't seen in a while come out, interfere in the match, cause a dis- disqualification, and say, hey, I'm back and I want Goldie. Well, it's going to be interesting oh, when they when they pair up. Because or another former champion coming out and saying that he just wants to be on a show. Yeah, there's that too. It, mm-hmm. it could be. I mean, NXT is going to definitely be the star stud show. Yeah, there is no way Vince McMahon and company are going to let AEW shine. It's just competition, and they're thriving on what they have with their brand. And let us face it, AEW is good, but very untested. Yeah, we we don't know. All we know is who's involved, and it's the Bucks, and it's Kenny Omega, and it's Cody Rhodes. After that, 
it is kind of up in the air about what you're going to have to to bring to the table. Right, and we all, we know they can all have great matches. I mean, we've we've been fortunate enough to see some of them in person. You know, they can all hold great matches. They can all carry great matches. But the the question is, and I know I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can make great matches. You can have great matches. Can you do that on a week-to-week basis? Yeah, and that's going to be the multi-million-dollar question. I, yeah, that's another thing that's not really talked about. I mean, when they were working with ROH and New Japan, like yeah, they were filming, you know, episodes back to back to yeah, back. And yeah, but in New Japan's case, you weren't doing weekly well, shows. You were doing strings of events right. and then having time off. Well, and especially you think of some of the crazy matches they've all had. You know, Kenny and the Bucks and and all of them had in New Japan. And just you think of how long they had to like come up with things and think of things and, and just the wild spots they were able to come up with. You got six days time realistically to come up with that. Your skill, their skills are going to get tested. Yeah, it's going to get tested. And I don't know if they're ready for prime time yet. I mean, obviously, we, we've had many discussions I mean, between here and 3FNW about their production and can they get on point. And it's always been a trial by error so far. That's going to be a very telling thing. Yeah, yeah. Because a week in, week out product. Yeah, because if they don't, like I say, and keep referring to this, if they don't nail it out of a home run, out of the out of the jump, AEW is destined to fail. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see them fail. I want no, to see that competition. No. I'd rather see an alternate product than see them try their best to be WWE because it's not going to happen. I mean, they have a talented roster, arguably one of the most talented out there in the business. Yeah. And you can't take anything away from that. But if it's overall going to be just a copycat of what they're doing, it's not going to work. I mean, they do have Hangman Page versus Pac on the card. Right. Nah. Brendan Cutler versus MJF. So unless you've been following all the being the elite <laughs> series, you, you have no idea who that is. That yeah. match doesn't even do anything for me from even if you were following it. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, bring, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, I mean, he's there because he is friends with the Bucks, was started with them, got out of wrestling, is back into wrestling now, which is Good for him for chasing his dreams. I definitely don't want to discredit him there because no. that is tremendous. I mean, anytime you can, that's great. But at the end of the day, I mean, who? Yeah. yeah and, and and MJF is, you know, arguably the hottest heel in the business right now. So, yeah. you know, stick him in there, get some real heat on him like he's going to because MJF is great at doing that. But I just, I for your first kickoff show, putting that on the card. It, it's, it's nah. you have a lot of faith in MJF to carry it which is nothing against him he's one of the biggest stars in the business and growing every day i mean argue he is arguably the best heel in the business right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm which, saying. which you can't argue against that but i mean they're going to have their women's championship match with nyla rose and rio and after that it's just going to be five matches that we know of thus far and then surprises galore so i'm sure you're going to see john moxley come out at some yeah. point that's a given yeah i think he already said i think they said he was cutting a promo yeah, yeah. this is going to be his first time on tv that's what they were advertising yeah this. yeah because like i said i was not doubting that they were going to try pulling a swerve on everybody and have Pac and moxley team up with jericho and and throw that in the max just but uh, just but yeah to, i mean when you're not booking faces and heels yeah that would make sense yeah it's just kind of a weird stack quo they have and especially they want to keep track of wins and losses yeah how does that all break down yeah. i mean aew's got a lot to work out and they got a short window of time Wednesday is going to be the true telling point. But then to flip the coin against NXT, you got Riddle versus Cole. Yep. You got Candice LeRae versus Shayna Blazer. <sighs> I'm, yeah, I'm I not a big Blazer guy, but that's still going to be good. Yeah, Blazer versus LeRae. I'm sold on that. Street Profits rematching against Undisputed Era. Yep. You know they're going to turn Anything the house down. that Undisputed Era in is gold. Street Profits with Wale. Wale is going to be there. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll get out of control. Yeah, they're going to get out of control. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne. That could be a that sleeper match. That could be match. very, very good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Velveteen Dream is going to be on primetime. 
He's going to be on live television that can't get re-recorded. No. So be, that being said, which one's the better card? Obviously, NXT. NXT. That's that's not just a takeover card. That's like three takeover cards rolled into two hours. But that's the thing. That's their roster. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what they're working with. When you talk about the fact that AEW has guys who can be enhancement talent, NXT right now, I mean, it's just a deep, deep, deep roster. When you're talking about, you know, Shane Thorne, who, you know, was the man in ROH for a little bit, you know, not the man I, in ROH? I, right. I that, think you're thinking of somebody else. Well, okay. Well, and that's the thing with NXT is, you know, they might have, quote-unquote, enhancement talent, but their enhancement talent is, letting say, six months to maybe a year away from being one of the big stars. Yeah. Right. And then AEW, I mean, everybody is the man. Yeah. I Every single person in there is a deep, talented. I mean, you're talking about your kickoff match is Riddle versus Adam Cole. Yeah. If that is the kickoff, I mean, that, well, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's what you're bringing to the table on your inaugural, you know, first night up against AEW mm. when they're bringing Omega and the Bucks versus Jericho and two mystery partners. Yeah, it's it's just an interesting matchup how they're gonna face off. And I mean, looking at NXT, you would say the weakest match on the card is Gargano versus Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne is formerly of uh, TM61. Okay, right. okay, and, and the Mighty Doneal. So. And he's destined to be a, a star in his own right. And, I mean, Gargano is Gargano. He's, he is Mr. NXT. Yeah. yeah. He's, Mr. he's Johnny Takeover. Yeah, he's Johnny Takeover. So you know he's they're going to step up and have a great match. It's going to be a great night for wrestling fans. But for NXT to debut, they're coming out with all the stops. Can AEW match up? That's the ultimate question. I think, though, as they go on and the week starts to smooth out for them, you know, as they get used to it, I think eventually they'll start putting cards on because eventually NXT, I mean, we can't forget they have a draft coming up. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, WWE. So this whole, you know, there could be a whole roster shakeup where, you know, some of these guys, you know, maybe Undisputed Era, uh, Street Profits, some of these guys are going to be taken off of NXT that, you know, really help make that show what it is. I mean, let's face it, if Adam Cole all of a sudden shows up on Monday Night Raw, yeah, that's going to help Monday Night Raw, but it is not going to help that niche audience that they're looking for to watch NXT up against AEW. Well, you bring up a good point with Monday Night Raw because they just had its season premiere. Yeah. So let me <laughs> ask the questions about that because now they're debuting. Obviously, this is a big week for WWE. Yep. Friday night SmackDown takes place, so we don't have tonight, Thursday night, or Tuesday night's an off night. Yep. So, weird. Yeah, which is so weird to think of. Yeah, they'll just go back to having a house show on Tuesdays. Right. But for Monday Night Raw to debut as it did, yeah. the set looked good. Yeah. Matches were very good. Uh, shout out to Baron Corbin for breaking his throne off uh, in a commercial break segment. You can find that on uh, Twitter. It's a hilarious moment. Oh. He, he's literally just sitting there and Randy Orton, and, and this is what kind of threw me watching the episode is they come back from commercial or whatever, change the camera angle or whatever it was, and they're standing there, the, the uh, throne looks broken, and Randy's just laughing because uh, Corbin's just sitting in his throne and, and it just breaks, and he just Whoops. falls over backwards. And he yeah. goes he goes over to Jerry Lawler and goes, hey, did you see this? And Jerry kind of shoes him off, and Randy's bent over, doubled over, laughing. Yeah, it's it was a, an interesting Raw, though, but it was a good Raw. I mean, obviously, it was weird to see Brock Lesnar come out and attack Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Odd. Yeah. Odd. Odd. Yeah. And I think the reason, Pad, you were kind of alluding to off air. Yeah, so the thing I was reading uh, today as we record is, and much to probably everyone's confusion, why Brock would Lesnar would attack, you know, uh, 
Rey Mysterio's kid who, you know, rumor has it he's training with them. And yeah, he want, was training how he's taking those bumps. You know, but training. he's still not officially signed. Why would he attack, you know, a fan in the front row when, let's be honest, Ray, yeah, he might be able to hold his own against Brock for a little bit in the ring, but shouldn't be, beat him if you think about it. No, rumor has it that the reason Brock attacked Rey Mysterio in the ring last night was to set up, if they are able to sign him, uh, set up a match with Cain Velasquez if they are able to sign him because, let's be honest, he's the hottest commodity in the professional wrestling world right now. If WWE gets Kane, I can only imagine they will set up for Mania. That, that's the Kane. only place you oh, can do God. that. And that would be fire. That would that's be the only amazing. place. If you haven't seen Kane's stuff, like go out of your way to search the internet. Yeah. For him yeah. Because the guy he's, is. He's doing stuff a heavyweight. If UFC fighter shouldn't be. Able to <laughs> I mean, a guy who's only been I, he's only been training for like what I think a they months. said four months, yeah. a few, a few something months, like that. Months, yeah, yeah, I mean, he I he's, mean he did top row pancha. He's shocking the Bucks and Cody Rhodes when they were at a show together. Like he, they're like, yeah, he shouldn't be able to do this, but he is. Right, he is arguably the biggest free agent right now. So unless he pops up on AEW tomorrow night, which would make a ton of sense if the yeah. AEW was going to get him. Right. I gotta imagine he might show up Friday night. Yeah. I got to imagine. If well, they, if I they think Friday night, I think they got a pretty big card on but, Friday but, night but right but now. Fri- <laughs> but Friday night, they're going to go all in about. So, But to get Lesnar on TV, definitely was helping out Raw a little bit. And like I said, the, sure. ma- the matches were on point. Yeah. The only segment I thought was kind of odd, and I know we're going to get into it a little bit. Ooh, ooh, me, 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 oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Hogan and Flair. That thing was so weird. Repeat that, it to that, Yeah, that was a, oh. a repeat all over again. And. And the only thing good about it was Rusev coming out yeah. and Rusev getting a title shot. And I mean, his method for doing it was explained. Well, and everyone was confused, though, because they're like, wait a minute, is Rusev a face now? Right. But he explained why he did yeah. it, and that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. But then I'm going to just hand this to Coach because of what happened during that match after they've had such great matches uh, then I, with the Viking Raiders and the OC and Ricochet and Cesaro and AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander in a great match that they finally gave him time for. Even Lacey Evans versus Natalia was good. I'll say Cesaro in a uh, pair of Capris. Yeah, definitely a different look. But then we get to the main event, and then what happens? Lashley comes out, uh-huh. introduces to the, to the stage Lana. Well, he first he introduces, nobody comes out. He introduces again, nobody comes out. And finally Lana comes out. Struts out, yeah. Some touching, some caressing. I guess. I mean, if, I mean, if I'm back in high school, I got a teacher sending me to the office and calling my parents on that one. And all of a sudden, an embracing kiss. Yeah. And I, I mean, I texted you guys because I wanted to bring this up because we had all begged for the Attitude Era back. We had oh, all didn't. wanted it back. I didn't. Maybe we bit off a little more than we can chew. Yeah, it was just because <laughs> that was Attitude Era, and it was, it was uncomfortable. It was it was a bad ending to the show because, like like Ken said, by and large, the rest of the show was good. You know, it was one of the better episodes they've had in a while. And they get to the end, and, and especially we had this earlier segment where they announced Team Hogan versus Team Flair, and we're like, oh, this is where The Fiend's going to get him. This is where The Fiend's going to, you know. Should have. Because The Fiend, by and large, to this point, has attacked, you know, legends and Hall of Famers. So, oh, my God, you know, the, he's going to go after Hogan. Didn't come out after Hogan. And then we're like, all right, well, he's, you know, Rollins is in the main event. He's coming out now. And no, we're going we're gonna to supersede that by having an awkward angle with Bobby Lashley. I just, I don't understand, like, I, I know it plays into the whole Maria thing and the father thing. I just which is the worst angle. I, yeah, ever. I don't, uh-huh. don't want to see it. Like you built a show that was like Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio and which Seth is a dream match. Yeah, and Seth is tweeting out, "I you know I'm so honored to get to face this man. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've always wanted to do this." 
and then you have the Brock angle, and then you right. smash that. Right. All right, whatever. Then Rusev comes out, and then he gets a title match, which obviously is going to be over yeah. because everybody wanted Rusev to come back. Rusev's a good worker, and he slimmed down. Yeah, and everybody He's wanted to see... He's in the best shape of his life, except his bicep looks weird. Yeah, yeah. everybody wanted to see Rusev back, yeah. and then all of a sudden you do this, and then you have this be the payoff, and, and you're and like, yeah, and, and, as, and as somebody said on Twitter, I can't take credit for this, as somebody said on Twitter, you put Rusev in the 1,009th, you know, Love triangle gimmick of his career, right? Yeah. WWE, WWE themselves. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was a rehash of an old gimmick. I mean, then they I mean, do, they, they did that with Dolph Ziggler. They did it with Cena. They did it with Dolph Ziggler. They did it with Cena. They did it with Ru- with Rusev and Lana last year with Aiden English. Yeah, it's just all the workers involved deserve better storylines for sure. Let, for sure. Yeah. Seth needs to be anything lovey-dovey needs to be absolutely removed from. He needs to be dialed in and focused on the most dangerous man in the company right now in The Fiend. He shouldn't even be near this storyline. Yeah. Period. No. no. Not not near it. Then the fact that Rusev is such a talent and I understand that there is the you know Lana is there. She is a, a very attractive woman, so you want to feature her because sure. that sells. But at the end of the day, it's like you don't need to continuously put them in some sort of love triangle. Just either branch them off and let them do their own thing, which they've tried before, or have them be together and have them be the unit that they were when Rusev first came and yeah. faced John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah. Have yeah. that group be back to together. To me, that was the best Rusev because that was bad. And I realize different gimmick now than compared to now, but that was when Rusev as a heel was at his absolute best and you had entire crowds booing the you-know-what out of the guy. Right. When they were together and they could just work the crowd. Yeah, just the Rusev destroy. And she, you know, he, she just marched the orders and he expedited them. You yeah. know I mean? That's the and Rusev he, we he, need. And he didn't care who it was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you need to do with them. And like I said, I like their pairing together with Lana and Rusev. Yeah. But not as a love triangle. We don't need this. We've no. seen it's, it. It's it's not working. And it's just it's shock booking for the sake of shock booking. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and, you know, for Lashley to come back in in this spot, I mean, I have zero interest in anything he does. They've already, they, they buried him. I mean, to me, after the whole, the pose off. Yeah. I have zero interest yeah. in this Bobby Lashley. One, yeah. Once they kind of botched with, with him doing the, the corny poses and all that jazz, yeah. it's like what they needed to do is you took him off television because he was injured. Sure. You should have brought him back as the destroyer. Put him on either NXT or you put him on SmackDown. Well, and you just, no, you can't. Yeah. You, all you needed to have is somebody cause that, can, that can do promos. And right. Because that's the one thing. Leo well, Rush Leo Rush did, but obviously they moved him back to NXT in 205. So he's not there anymore. The thing with Leo Rush and him, though, that worked so well, it was like, you know, the, the Diddy and, and, and Puffy thing that they, or the Diddy and Biggie thing that mm-hmm. they were going for, you know? I mean, he talked the crap. He was the one who got in trouble, and then the big brother came to save the day, and I, that worked. Yeah. That worked. For me. I loved it in the beginning. Yeah. I don't like the whole talking over the match thing too much because then that just becomes overdone, and you, you there's only so many times that you can do it and be fresh. But then, like when you then when you split them up, all right. Then the pose off, and then things just got weird. And I really, when they brought Lashley, Lashley back, it was you know everybody talked. They're doing this, you know, they want him and Lesnar. This is going to be the payoff, and I wanted that freaking match. I did too. And now I don't care to see it at all. I don't want to see it actually. I he just needs to get rid of this gimmick, like all three of them do. Because right. R- Rusev and Lana need a better gimmick, and they just don't need one that's a love triangle because no. that's not working. Both of them are better than what they're getting written into. And, it's a shame. Yeah, and for Lashley, just make him the silent destroyer. Give him an IC run to see where it goes. 
You need somebody that can talk for him. So sure. you just have to find a, a manager or somebody that can speak and do his interviews. How about instead of doing the love triangle, put them as a tag team? See, I don't even want to see him as a tag team. I Well, I, I mean, now, all right, take the love thing out of it. Pretend like you didn't see that on Monday, the, the makeout session. They would have been a dominant tag team. They would have been, but I, I just, I think both of them stand out differently on their own that, like, they should get, like, you know, certain wrestlers you pair together and you can sure. say, okay, I can see a tag team with them. I just don't see it with them. I, I think they would have been fun. Oh, they, they would have been fun. It just depends on, like, how they were going to write that angle. Well, if they would have booked them in the fact that these are just two big guys who are just wanting to go out and just destroy people together, that would have been because, I mean, they would have ripped through the tag team division realistically. Well, you got to think with AOP coming back, Viking Raiders, OC. I mean, they're rebuilding it. How about that the thing match? The thing, though, with AOP is they almost need Paul Ellering back. They Yeah. Because at this point, who cares about him? They they need to do something. I mean Drake Maverick. I mean if you want to get him away from that whole twenty four seven title nonsense. Mm, eh, no, they well, the, they were at their best one when they had Paul Ellering back down at NXT. No, I you all, like you, like Drake Maverick. Okay, that was fine. I realized it didn't maybe get the time it needed to fully flesh itself out. Well, it got awkward because Drake was the two hundred five. Yeah, you know, yeah, and then there commissioner. Was the, there was a whole pissing himself thing. Yeah, yeah, and that just got weird. But Paul, yeah. I agree with Paul. Yeah. Was that was AOP at its like. Max, man, because he was going out with the you know the book and the, the slapping it and saying go, right, and, and they were ripping they're, teams they're apart, destroying guys. And he finally like does his motion or whatever with his hand and goes, all right, enough. And they they would stop. Yeah, I mean they still might pair Rusev and, and Lashley together. I don't know how. They're I hope do. not after this. I hope that would be real awkward. I hope not either. But <laughs> just just I'm thinking just how crazy of a storyline are they going to go with here? And then if I see any hotel vignettes, I'm turning I'm the done. TV off. I'm done. I'm turning it they, off. They deserve better. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the only thing that left the bad taste in the mouth for Raw. And then going into, obviously, what's going to happen Wednesday is going to be a big deal. And then Friday, The Rock is coming back. Oh, the Rock. Every, everybody's coming every, back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, st- I think, they, didn't they advertise Stone Cold was yeah. going to be there, too? Because well, it's, it's like the 20th anniversary. Right, yeah. yeah so, so it's perfect timing. They're going all in about that. I think even Taker's going to be there. You might see a CM Punk if he's signed. Oh. You're going to see them pull out all the stops. They're going to well, put the exclamation he's, point. He's signed to Fox. If he is, if there's right. any deal, it's not going to be with the. See, that's what everybody's like. Oh, Punk's going to be back, but it's like no, as an announcer, it's with it's with Fox, not yeah, with that. It's Fox, the Fox Studio Show. Yeah, right. Well, we'll have to kind of wait and see Which, about that. Can we real quick? Just how weird is that going to be? Like a WWE Studio Show. You well, know, that's just Fox wanting it to be more sports than entertainment. Uh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. why Shane's going to lose on Friday because Shane's getting written out. Right. And I mean, I get why they're doing it. It's just like, you know, like remember when we were kids and they had the Saturday morning, you know, Gene Okerlin and yeah, the, and the recap Hayes. show. Yeah. Like that was cool when we were kids because like you didn't get it. You know, kayfabe, everything was real. But now that we're older and stuff, it's like a, a studio show. Like what are they going to talk about? What a match, you know, performed by, you know, AJ Styles with a great victory. It's like. Come on, Fox. I, I think what you're going to see is a little blend of like UFC, um, like lifestyle stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're going to see a little more of that than you're going to see. Like, like our interview is going to be kayfabe, or are they going to be? No, I, th- I you think, know, I think they'll recap the matches, but then they'll like, they'll show them like training in the off time, or they'll show them doing something. Okay, it, it'd be kind of like a little mix of UFC embedded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was that, that's the YouTube thing, though, right? But yeah. but also like what they used to do for um when they used to have UFC on Fox. Okay, it'll be kind of the same thing. Like they'll show it, but then they'll show you them, go like, to show the match, else. and they'll have the promo thing where it's them training and them talking to a nondescript camera. It's going to be weird. It's yeah. gonna, it's going to be weird, but I think it's going to be weird just because of the fact that we're so much older and like it's going to be presented as this like real sport, and now it's been buried in our head that it's sports entertainment. 
Yeah, how they present <laughs> it is going to be interesting. But I, I could see it just doing. We'll recap the matches. We'll talk a little of the storyline. But then they'll have uh, somebody like a Renee Young do the like the lifestyle and like show them the training thing, and, right? And do something because like when she used to have her show on the WWE Network, that's what she used to right. do. Well, I mean, and uh, the SmackDown the post show was tremendous. Yeah. But that was, you know, a little bit of it's a, it's k- a little, a little bit of not, you and, know, and I mean, that's why I think you're going to see a lot with this. Yeah, I, I truly do. And it's going to be really telling when they drop all the names on Friday. Like this is a great week for it to be a wrestling fan. I, I think the rock's going to be a lot of fun. I think that I'm uh, astounded. They found a day of the week. He's not busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I bet you, he probably was pretty busy. I'm sure Fox is, putting a hefty bill uh, well, together. No, you know what? I'm sure it probably worked out that just, you know, wherever they are, because I, I don't know what city they're in for Friday, you know, just happened to be, it was an off day. He might be doing press for something. And, hey, I got a free hour. I can swing it through. Yeah, I think, I think let's he's going to Let's be honest. He's not going to, you know, I'm not going to have his segment on the show and then be rubbing elbows in the back with the with the crew and everybody. Yeah, no. It's going to be mean, in, it's out, in and hey, out. I got to go. Yeah. It'll be in and out, but it'll start the era of Friday Night Smackdown on the right foot. Yeah. And where they go from here is going to be anybody's guess. For media reaction, though, of the Wednesday night battle, make sure to tune in to Three Fat Nerds on Wrestling, hashtag 607 Podcast. Rich Ron and Diesel are definitely going to have a take on it before they head up to Sci-Fi and Horror Fest. Definitely hit us up on our social media, too, hashtag ODPH. Join in the conversation. You can find the links on OchoDoraParleyHour.com. What's your take on this week of wrestling? Has it been good? Has it been bad? What's your expectation for AEW, NXT on USA? We definitely want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. On a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. On a podcast. Anyway, I'm going to start closing up the One Movie Punch secret volcano layer, and we'll meet you back at home. With a secret volcano layer. Wait, wait. Uh, volcano layer? Really? Uh, uh, with a secret volcano layer, one podcast host just can't seem to get a break. This October. Oh, what happened? Joseph is forced to survive by any means possible. Who keeps a parking lot full of wood chippers? In a serial audio drama of adventures. Blood. Blood everywhere. Fountains and fountains of blood. That can only be called Reign of Terror 2019. <laughs> Join us in October 2019 for 31 straight days of horror movie reviews and interviews featuring Joseph, the One Movie Punch crew, 17 podcast guest reviewers, special guests, and me, your narrator, Shane Hyde. Don't miss Reign of Terror 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does this mean I miss Joker? No. It's a heartbreak, soul shape, radio attack. Take it all steps forward, no steps back. Hey, this is Vince, the Cowan Man Seatoy, local MMA fighter, telling you to keep on listening to the ODPH, the 607's up and coming newest podcast.
coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, why don't you kick us off with that local minute? Well, local minute, of course, not much going on with the Binghamton Rumble Pony season's over in the off season, uh, but it is close to Binghamton Devils season. Yes, folks, that's right. Uh, this Saturday, October fifth, seven oh five p.m. against the Utica Comets, right here in Binghamton, New York. The Binghamton Devils open their season. Yes, hockey is back. God, I have been waiting for this. This is my one of my favorite times of year. I mean, obviously, football is going on. We have playoff baseball because the Yankees are in it. Mm-hmm. We have basketball looming right around the corner. Binghamton Bulldog season is happening. October yep. 11th. Yes. Red-white game. Yes, it's going to be a fun time. Guard-heavy. Yes, very guard-heavy. We'll give our preview next week for the for the Bulldogs there. For but, the five, five starting guards that they're going to roll out. It, it, it's going to be an interesting season for the Bulldogs. They're in a little mm-hmm. bit of transition as we're looking at right now but we're definitely gonna be down supporting them as we are gonna be doing the binghamton devils but like i said it's hockey season the nhl is back Uh i am super excited for it like i said god i miss hockey i miss hockey a lot i like going to games and obviously they got a good slate going on wednesday october 2nd washington at st louis and they'll be on uh nbc sports and then san jose versus vegas as the late game too dare i say do we have any predictions other than the rangers are going to win the cup this year I mean, let me give you a real take right now. Yeah. That the Rangers are going to have a transition year similar to the New York Giants. Okay. Because the King might have to take a backseat a little bit. Oh. Well, they are going to have a lot of new parts involved in the machine that is going to be the New York Rangers. Hey, I'm just saying, listen, I mean, Hank is getting up there, and there are people behind him that might deserve a little bit more run this year, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe. It could definitely happen. I mean, I honestly have no idea how this is going to go. I mean, last year, who would have thought St. Louis was going to come out of and win the whole entire thing with as far back as they were at one point during the season? And that's the great thing about hockey is you just don't know of when a team gets hot late in those playoffs and they just make the runs, and the games are so great to watch. Like, playoff hockey is an indescribable atmosphere. I've gone to playoff games for the Rangers, and it will take years off your life. Watching them on TV will take years off your life, not just in person. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's people, and thank God we don't have YouTube hooked up for that, not even for Patreon, of seeing me watch the games because it's just such an intense time. And especially hockey is just a whole different ball of wax right there. I'm going to be actually down at the home opener for the Rangers this week because I'll be down in the city for New York Comic Con, so I'm super excited to see what the team is going to bring. And definitely, I mean, they got Cacao in town. Pennerin is going to make his debut as the Ranger. There is so much to look forward to as a Ranger fan right now. I'm super excited. Definitely hit me up, though, on the hashtag ODPH. Let me know your NHL predictions. We're going to talk hockey a little later in the season, but, I mean, early predictions right now. Do I want the Rangers to win the Cup? Absolutely, and I'll, say, I'll tell everybody that they're going to. Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, it could be Tampa Bay and Vegas yeah. for the finals. That's going to be my early prediction, even though I hope that I'm wrong and the Rangers are facing Vegas in the finals and the Rangers win in seven. I'm going to give you that drop right now. But we'll have to watch NHL.com for more information on the games and definitely uh, BinghamtonDevils.com for more information on our local team. Definitely got to get down to the arena and go support them. No, yeah, definitely get down and support them soon because after that, their next home game isn't until the 19th of October. Wow. So they got they got a little start the home game of the season at home, and then you're on a two-week road trip. You'll be on a little bit of a road trip right there. Yeah. So let's start rounding the bases before we lock those leaps in. Pat, sure. you want to kick us off? Well, kick us off a little baseball. The postseason bracket is set. The field is set. Uh, the games start tonight as we record with the uh, 
National League wildcard game between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals. That uh, game kicks off at 8 o'clock on TBS. And then Wednesday, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays playing the Oakland A's for the American League wildcard game. That game is at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. As for the rest of the field, you've got the Minnesota Twins taking on the New York Yankees. Uh, you've got whoever wins the American League wildcard game I mentioned taking on the Houston Astros. So good luck to those. Whoever yeah. wins that game, holy smokes. Uh, and then you, on the flip side, you've got the St. Louis Cardinals taking on the Atlanta Braves. And then the winner of the uh, Milwaukee-Washington game taking on the L.A. Dodgers. Coach, you have any feelings on this? Go Yankees. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> I knew better. Yeah, Yankees versus everybody. Yes. No, uh, early predictions, I, it's going to be a tough series for all the teams in the AL. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston is no joke. No. So I pity anybody facing them, whether it's Tampa Bay or, or Oakland. Yeah. I hope that goes seven, and the, I hope the Yankees sweep Minnesota so we get some rest. Yeah. Because we are going to definitely need it to whoever comes out of that series. Yeah. Um, my honest prediction, I'm going to take the Yankees, and I'm taking the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And I'll take the Yankees in six. I'm, I'm thinking the exact same thing. I mean, Yankees – being Yankee fans, we know the the team's history with the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs. It's relative ease. I hope that tradition continues. Mm-hmm. And I, like you said, I hope whoever ends up playing Houston, I think I hope they take them the distance in the American League Division Series and even have a couple extra inning games. You know, Houston courts back in like oh four oh five whatever it was had that like eighteen inning game. Yeah, have a, let's have another one of those. We're yeah, due. Yeah, Houston. We're due for Houston, another one Houston, in the playoffs. Houston's a monster. So. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, I, th- I think the Dodgers. You know, they're just having a great year. You know, outside of maybe like you said, much like with hockey, some team going on a run at the right time and, and shocking everybody i think it'll be another yankees dodgers world series uh it's gonna be definitely fun to watch so stay tuned for that mm-hmm. coach what you got for your round in the base my round in the base is that there is uh the uh indoor lacrosse federation just had their uh basic world cup this past weekend uh and i really didn't get a chance to talk about because there's so much else going on so i just want to give a shout out to uh team canada who was able to beat the Iroquois national team uh, in the finals in a very uh, exciting game. Team USA actually had played uh, the Iroquois in uh, the semifinal in a thrilling uh, game that went down to the wire. Team USA, I mean, unfortunately, this uh, box lacrosse is not necessarily our cup of tea. So, you know, we're a little bit behind the rest of the uh, the nations as far as that goes is winning gold. And uh, they held their own this year. Uh, hats up to them. Matt Rambo, uh, who won the PLL championship on Saturday, uh, flew out actually that morning into Vancouver where the uh, uh, games were being held at Langley Fieldhouse in Vancouver and uh, put up, I think, two goals in his first game uh, right after winning the championship. So uh, kudos to him. And uh, Team USA and obviously Team Canada for winning the gold medal. And, you know, hopefully uh, maybe next year, you know, Team USA will be in the gold medal game. Could definitely happen. I mean, lacrosse is definitely making some moves. Yeah. I mean, between the PLL and now this, it's definitely a good time uh, as far as lacrosse goes. And fall ball is right around the corner. And it'll be exciting. Lacrosse will be back in uh, the mainstream again. Definitely. So keep your eyes out for that. And definitely jump on the bandwagon now because it's a, it's a booming time to become a lacrosse fan and just jump into the sport as it's expanding right now. So for my round in the base, obviously there's a big, big UFC fight card happening this weekend. Uh-huh. UFC 243 at the Marvel Stadium. Yes, that Marvel. Yes, that Marvel in Australia. Uh-huh. And this is going to be a classic fight for the middleweight title. Yes. The main event, Robert Whitaker, 20-4, taking on Israel Adesanya, 17-0, this one is going to be interesting for a Styles matchup. Yeah. Robert Whitaker is not a flashy fighter, but he can grind out wins with the best of them. 
I mean, Pat, you got his record up there? Yeah, so Robert Whitaker is, as you mentioned, 20-4 and four, uh, recent matches. He beat Yoel Romero twice, back-to-back. Uh, Ronaldo Souza, uh, Derek Brunson, Rafael Natal, Uriah Hall, Brad Tavares, Clint Hester, Mike Rhodes. In fact, his last loss was against Stephen Thompson, where he got knocked out back at UFC 170 all the way back in February of 2014. Right. Whitaker has definitely improved his stock tremendously, and the fact that he went to the ground with Jacare, yeah, was the scariest, just come at me move I've seen in the UFC in a while. One performance of the night, yeah, because you don't go to the ground with Jacare and win, and he did. No, and he held his own. To flip the coin, Israel Adesanya, seventeen and zero, last style bender. The biggest uh, hype train, I guess, would say since Anderson Silva. Yeah, arguably, he's definitely a flashy fighter. He definitely comes in there. Wants to make some moves happen. He's going to put on a performance. Yeah. This one, though, I, I tell you what. Every time I go against Whitaker, he proves me wrong. I'm going with Whitaker for this one. I think he's going to give Adesanya some fits in that cage. I, in fact, think that he's going to beat Adesanya via stoppage fourth round. I'll give you that bold okay. prediction. Anybody else have any feelings on this fight? I think it's going to be Whitaker, but I think it's going to go the distance. Just Adesanya will give him a run, and there will be a few rounds that might, depending on how you feel or where your loyalties lie, you might score it a little differently. But I think in the end, it's going to be Adesanya, or excuse me, Whitaker. Okay, I always defer to you, Ken. I mean, you're you're the man with the knowledge. So if you think it's going to be Whitaker, I'm going to go Whitaker. Yeah, I just I think he's going to do it. I mean, Adesanya is no joke. He's definitely going to make some very flashy moves in the cage. But Whitaker just steps up, and he fights everybody at their own game. So this could turn into a really weird striking match because he's not going to be flashy about this. He goes in there. He grinds out wins. He's definitely underrated in a lot of people's opinions as a fighter, and he has proved me wrong every time I thought he was going to get trucked by anybody that was facing him. I thought him going to the ground with Jacare, he was going to get absolutely trucked over. He wound up proving me wrong. I ate my words, and I tipped my cap to him. This is going to be a rocking fight. On Saturday night, so mm-hmm. definitely wherever you can find your UFC pay-per-views, check it out. UFC 243 is happening. And be sure to check your start time because, the, of course, as we mentioned, the fight is taking place in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, so definitely stay tuned to the UFC for that. And definitely, if you can catch that fight, catch that fight. It's going to be a great one. Mm-hmm. So let's lock and leap, shall we, for the NFL the week that is coming up. Pad, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so I'll start with my lock. I'm looking at the Eagles taking on the New York Jets, uh, where, of course, the Jets, as we know, 0-3. Sam Darnold still out with uh, Mono. Uh, Eagles, however, two and two. Uh, the Eagles are currently a fourteen-point favorite, and uh, you know, as bumpy as the Eagles might look, or as kind of questionable they might look, it is the New York Jets, and the New York Jets, as we say, are not getting better anytime soon. So I'm looking at the Eagles to win that game. Uh, flipping to my leap, I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are three and one. It's a four twenty-five game in Dallas, where Dallas is currently a three and a half-point favorite. I think Green Bay is going to be able to pull that one off in Jerry World. Okay, let's go with that. Coach. My my lock is going to be the New England Patriots. Okay. They are currently 13.5-point favorites over an abysmal Washington Redskins team who we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback. Yeah, and if they um, start the rookie, we know how that goes. Right. So, I mean, this could be um, very interesting if Haskins is the starting quarterback going up against I'll that Bill Belichick if, team. If memory serves, the last time the Patriots played the Washington Redskins, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> 
New England's probably going to be a little miffed about that ugly win against Buffalo. Uh, I mean, this is the first time that they hadn't crushed a team all season, so I think they're going to come out and want to put a hurting on Washington. And my leap, what do you do when you're down, Ken, as far as betting and guessing games? I roll those dice. You go against the grain and what you would think, right? Sure. My leap, if you will, uh, indulge me here real quick. I'm looking at this Minnesota versus the Giants game. Five and a half point dogs the Giants are. Uh-huh. Historically, since 2006, the the Vikings have absolutely had the Giants, especially Eli Manning's number. Yeah. Well, no more is Eli Manning yeah. in the backfield for the New York Giants. Is it true. is Danny freaking Dimes, baby. Not only will the Giants win this game, they'll win it outright. Not even just going to cover. They're going to win it outright. The Giants are my leap. So I saw an interesting thing on Facebook the other day that kind of made me go, well, they're, they're not wrong. You know, with, with Thielen and Diggs in Minnesota and how good they are, can you imagine if they had a, a comparable or great quarterback in their system that could, like, you know, could throw an absolute dime and how good that team would be? I mean, sound guy galore JR will attest to how bad they have beaten and had the Giants number. I mean, outside for a few games that the Giants might have win, but sure. he will attest to how bad they've taken it to him and, this uh, the I think the Giants are going to be able to do this, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know what is going on with Kirk Cousins. That's probably something we could have talked about in the first segment because he is just. He is, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. He had such a good season yeah. in Washington, and they have such weapons in Minnesota. He has no excuses to play. No, the way that he's playing, and he's really holding this team back. Yeah, it's a, a real mess up in Minnesota, and the Giants have perfect chance to do this. Because, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. The writing is just, I see it. I'm I'm rubbing the window right now like I'm Homer Simpson in that episode, and everything is clearing up right there in that foggy window. I had the exact same picks that you did, Coach. Damn it, Ken. So it I'm gonna, like two weeks in a row. Go so, ahead. Go ahead. No. Ride, ride with me. Let's do this. All right, because so, I'm going to do this, but I'm going okay. to just throw out three for the public just to do oh. it. Oh. Just, just because I, 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 I felt they just getting, you know, okay, I didn't want to copy you, but if you want me to ride with you, I'm ride with you. I would say a lock this week is going to be Kansas City hosting the Chief, or Colts. Okay. okay. The Kansas City is 10.5 favorites. I like that matchup a lot. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to definitely air the ball out, especially after he was kind of shut down up in Detroit. I think he's got a little vengeance. He wants to you know get those stats back up. My leap, I was going to get on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon going out west to San Francisco for Monday night because te- right now Frisco is a 3.5 favorite. I'll say Jimmy G versus Baker Mayfield. Ooh, yeah, that's a heck of a matchup. Ah, that would be a good matchup. It was going to be a matchup, and then I was going to say, depending on the concussion protocol <laughs> that the Patriots gave Josh Allen, the Bills are three point dogs going to Tennessee. I will tell you this: that game will be very low scoring, probably. Um, they might say it's boring because it's going to be a defensive matchup, and I don't know what the status is right now. I know that Allen was put in concussion protocol. I was just sad. Uh, do we know if he has a concussion or not? Because Lord, it looked like he did. Uh, he took a shot. Yeah. And it, yeah. it is a shot. I mean, is a very questionable shot that he took. Yeah. Hey, Bill Belichick taught his players to hit that way. <laughs> he taught him to hit. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he taught something. That's all I'm going to say. say it's no Vontez perfect. Huh? No, it's <laughs> no, it's no Vontez perfect. And I mean, Allen did get up under his own power, so it's just kind of wait and see with that. If Allen is not in though, and it's Matt Barkley, like I said, it's going to be shocking. It's it's going to be a low scoring game. Well, let me even flip to the Patriots game. 
16 to 10, we lost, and I will own yeah. that one. I'm Patriots, hey, yeah. we, we looked like we belonged there, and that's the biggest yeah. stepping point for the Bills. Yeah. If Josh Allen did not look, you know, <laughs> a little out of place if, there. If Josh Allen did not continue to do the things we say he he does. He shouldn't do. Yeah. And, is that, and that is extend plays where he realistically, okay, nobody's open. Stop running around and throw the ball in the stands. Is it that telling, though? As a, I mean, you know, I've being watched, that our teams have won Super Bowls over here, Pat, is it that telling that he's optimistic because he lost a regular season game to the Patriots week four by six? Yes. I mean, <laughs> he's optimistic. It's, it's gotten that low. He's optimistic, <laughs> but it's not as bad as I've seen in years past, and this is not a shot at you because you've never done this, where I've seen Bill, some Bills fans where they're 3-0 and and they're screaming they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm right. Going, no, I I'm know. Going, Listen, I've seen the show before. Let's I just think it's. I just think it's, it's, just, it's funny because, I mean, here we are talking, and he's like, hey, week four, we were 3-0. and we, we, we were right there with the defending champs. We only lost by six. Well, because here's the thing. A lot of the feedback I've been hearing online, and I fully encourage you if you want to get me at OD Parlay Hour on Twitter. We that, put 10 on the board. No, the the question is oh, who have the Bills faced? Sure, they haven't faced anybody. Hey, that's that's what hey, that's hey. what I've been hearing. Hey, they faced a pretty good New York Giant football team over here, huh? Well, well we didn't face the Messiah, <laughs> so you know it's a whole different story. Yeah, so, run into Danny Dimes and see how that does. So, you. so that being said, this was a true test to see what they could do. Sure, sure. and and that's where I was saying, okay, obviously horrible special teams. Yeah, and you know the block punt for the touchdown that definitely hurt. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, the game plan for Allen he was hanging in there. Obviously though. Him running outside of the pocket, it's fair game. You can say what you want about the shot, but he got hit. Barkley came in, didn't really look too composed, in my no. opinion, and he looked a little bit nervous throwing. I'll say what? He had the one interception late in the game where it was like essentially a jump ball in the NBA. Yeah, he just like, heaved like, it. He heaved it up in the air, and the defenders sitting there like, oh, my God, this is the easiest pass and he's not a And he's not a rookie. Like no. I, I could understand a rookie making it, that it, mistake. It was the wildest thing to watch because you can find the highlight, I'm sure, on the YouTube video that the NFL's put out where – you know the defenders just camped under this thing like he's a center fielder in baseball. Like, all right, come on down. I'm just, I'm just sitting here waiting. Yeah. So obviously we take what we get from it, and obviously I hope Josh Allen comes back. Yeah. Because if it's Matt Barkley against Marcus Mariota, I could fully see it being a nine-six game for the Bills. Oh, ugly, and, ugly. And game. Like I said, it's not going to be anything to watch highlights fun. Unless you're a Bills fan, and I'll be very happy that we get back on the winning track. <laughs> I got grass for my fruit. I am a realistic Bills fan. Trust me. Oh, okay. I've gone through enough Bills tables. On a pregame to you know make sure I'm not I'm seeing straight not sure sure going on that so we'll kind of have to wait and see it's always going to be a, a rough season but injuries happen so we got to bounce back from them. That being said, just want to say a quick shout out to everybody we saw this weekend as we were at Robercon. We did our thing at the panel. Shout out to 3FN. They did an awesome panel with Mike C from Horizon Six Hundred Seven. All those episodes are online right now. We're taking off to NYCC. I know Rich Ron and Diesel and Mike are heading up to Sci-Fi and Horror Fest up in Oneana this weekend. So hashtag 607 podcasts are doing a lot of work and it's definitely a crazy weekend that we're going to have this past weekend. We have to give again, a shout out to shout out the robots, floodlands, Brian and zero mean Kevin Coburn and everybody down at galaxy brewing company for the pregame party that we had for Robocon and our con season kickoff and shout out the robots did double duty performing at dragon master games Saturday night. It was an awesome time. Shout out the robots has new music out. You can find that on the music section of ochoduroparleyhour.com. You can find out all the information. Go download it right now. They are great guys that deserve all the support in the world, and we can't thank them enough. And thank everybody involved for this past weekend. It was a great time, and it definitely is a great time to be podcasting right now in the 607, I would have to say. 
So that being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Fair City Fire. They're from Austin, Texas. We told you where you can find Shout Out the Robots. You can definitely find Fair City Fire on that page as well. You can definitely go to Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, find hashtag 607 Podcast. You can find everything out about 3FN. You can find out everything about Horizon 607. It has our blogs up there, the Parlay Points. They're going to touch upon everything, sports, entertainment, comics, you name it. It's up there. Definitely check it out, OchoDuroParlayHour.com, because that's all I got for this week. So for your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night, and Daniel Jones. For Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken. I'm play hockey like a New Yorker. Thank you for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time.